Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hello and welcome. I'm Erin Cuthbert, footballer for Chelsea and the Scotland national team, and you're listening to the Blue Day podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast, folks. And for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host and creator, Keith Lawrence. And joining us again this week is a man who graced Stamford Bridge with his play. Perhaps once or twice, he might tell you. But also a man who's got a brand new car and loving it. Here is Steve Wicks. Uh, Steve, just on the top of the show, is this a gift from Ken Bates for your loyal service as a Chelsea player? Mate, I'll tell you what. My club car never, ever arrived. And I don't think it arrived now. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of the things you said. I'll get you a club car. Well, I'm still waiting, Mr Bates. Yeah, another promise that was absolutely <laughs> that man, God Almighty. <laughs> that that's a story for another episode. We won't talk about it today. What we no, are going to talk, talk about, about, folks? I'm celebrating in Chelsea's win last night. Don't talk about Ken Bates to make you feel ill. <laughs> we don't want to make Steve ill. We are going to talk about the recent results. Firstly, Chelsea against Wolves in the Premier League. A great 3-0 win that we are going to discuss. We are also going to discuss, of course, the great win at the San Siro in the Champions League, which Chelsea meant that they were top of their group. No one seemed to think that was going to happen after match day one. But it all seems that things are going swimmingly. We mentioned it last week, Steve, how Graham Potter is doing very well at the moment. He seems to have got some of the players on side and mostly the team playing on side as well. And a a few fans as well that are coming out, coming up with the phrase of potable already. He's not even been in the job three bloody months, but they're already coming up with the saying things are going okay. We're not that far off from second and first place at the moment. Of course, at least we're not in Liverpool's position. More on that potentially when we play them. But Steve, just, just to sort of discuss the, the last couple of games. Wolves, you mentioned it on the phone to me last night. You thought it was a little bit risky to change the squad that had done so well against Palace and 
done so well against Milan at Stamford Bridge. You thought it was a bit of a risk to then change it against Wolves. And then last yeah. night, we played pretty much the same team roughly against Milan in, San, in the San Siro to what it was at the bridge. And performance-wise, the last couple of games, all right, be it Wolves are struggling and Milan will touch on in a minute how bad they are. But Chelsea played superbly well in these games. And I think that's the difference in why the mood for Chelsea fans is better because yeah. we're starting to pick up wins, but playing decent football. Yeah. I think, you know, Thomas Tuchel, I think he, he let his frustration um, with the owners get through here, get to him. And he became a completely different person. Evidently, um, as far as the players were concerned, and he became um, a very different man to what he was when he first came to Chelsea, and uh, he got through to the players. And I don't think he was a particularly happy sort of uh, squad. And I think what's happened is Graham's come in. Um, he's very much a player's. Looking at him, listening to him, the way he speaks, I'd imagine he's very much a player's man. And I think he will give them. And he's looked at the squad and he's thought, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play as much of the squad as I can. And when I saw the Chelsea team against Wolves, I thought, oh, God, blimey, that, that really is a gamble. But, you know, good managers make the right decisions at the right time. And a 3-0 win, was, was, it was great. And then he went back to his, the old school um, for the game last night. And... I never dreamt a game against AC Milan would be so easy. It was, mm. um, you know, it, it's amazing how Syria has, has just really became so ordinary. And when you look, you know, when you play the champions of Italy, you think you're in for a hell of a game. And, you know, we're there with five goals for, none against, and strolled a couple of games against them. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I think tonight a real showing of how football is changing is that um, Barcelona have to win tonight to qualify. Otherwise, they go in the Europa League. You know, that's how football is changing. Um, and it seems to me, you know, we've seen it in our country, how football one minute can be so great for a club. And then all of a sudden it's plunged into... You know, term, you know, Liverpool's a great example of that. Who would have thought at the start of the season that Liverpool would be where you know where they are, and that Arsenal would be top of the league, fourteen points clear of them? It's yeah. absolutely incredible how things can change so quickly. And and you know, I listened to Jurgen on the radio today. Um, was he whining again? Was he complaining? Well, no, he was. A, he was. Um, Didi Harman said that. They're lacking a spark. And I think what, what Didier said was absolutely 100% right. But my God, he absolutely slaughtered him in the press conference. And I thought, you know what? It's getting to you. Now, if it gets to the manager, it gets to the players. Yep. And a manager has got to be so cool and keep the belief going. Uh, and he, he acted like, you know, like I've, and I'm a great fan of his. I think he's the most fantastic manager. I, 
always used to say if I played for him, I'd run through a brick wall for him. Um, and he's he's a you know he's a great manager, but you know some well. Let's be fair, all these managers are under tremendous pressure. You know, the lifespan of a manager at a club. You know, who'd have thought Brendan Rodgers would be going through what he's going through at the moment? You know, it it, it can change and it, it is a very fickle industry um, and everyone feels the pressure and manages more than any. And it seems to me that Jürgen has, has um, you know, he's, he's lost it a little bit, which is not disappointed but sad because he's always to me been a great example of what a manager should behave like and be maybe he's noticing the fact that he hasn't got a decent right back and a certain club in London has got a fabulous right back yeah we've said this Keith in the past you know the one thing I can't understand is that um, you know we've his defensive attributes are absolutely non-existent. So many goals are down that right-hand side where he's out of position, not aware of what's behind him, gets caught out so many times. Um, and Rhys James, which we said, I've said all along, and you've said as well, to be fair, is that I think Rhys playing his top game. I think sometimes he's a little bit too safe. I think sometimes, but he's a young man. When he plays for England, he's got to back himself a little bit more and do what he, he, he does at Chelsea so well. And I, I think he could, he's got the potential to be the best right back in the world. I really do. And he's, I'll tell you what, his sister's not a bad player either. Well, England last night. well, this was interesting because I was able to watch the game against AC Milan. Um, unfortunately, I did try to get a ticket, but... Well, I was unsuccessful. However, you, on the other hand, Steve, had the luxury and pleasure of watching the England women against the Czech Republic. And you did see Reese James's sister play. Yeah. And we also t- briefly touched on it off air as well. You talked about Millie Bright, who's another Chelsea yeah. stalwart and for, for England. Just to sort of b- b- touch on this, as I suppose we should with the England women's side. With the way England England women footballers have you know, become well-known, I'm not going to say legendary, I'm not going to say, yeah. you know, going to that extreme, but they've become more well-known now than what they were 12 months ago because of their Euro success. That could only be a good thing for those involved in their football club so it's great news for Chelsea it makes Chelsea women's Frank team Kirby as well, become well known Frank Kirby as well who was going through some tough times yeah. before the tournament as well and it was great for her to be involved but you watched the women's game the other night Steve what did you make of in particular the Chelsea players that were involved that that game well I thought listen I we didn't win last night, but we were far the better side. And, and those girls have gone through an awful lot. <laughs> and they must be absolutely shattered, mentally and physically, I would have thought. But you know something? I think it's really important that little girls that love football can have their own idols. I think it's lovely, and it's lovely to see. 
I can't, you know, we've got a, a Women's World Cup rugby going and I can't see for the life of me how girls want to play rugby, but I can see why little girls want to play football. Um, and it's a sport, a bit like cricket. I think that that could, is a great ladies sport as well. But I think it's so important that girls in this country can have idols of their own sex. Um, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's absolutely wonderful for, for girls in this country. And I celebrated that win when they scored the, the winning goal in the Euros. I was absolutely delighted for them. And it was great. Um, and I think it's so important. Um, and I'll tell you what, they're playing very, very well, England. The way they pass the ball and the confidence they pass the ball. You know, they're looking very, very good. And I think the uh, the coach has done the most magnificent job um, with English girls. And they're looking a very good side. And they're going to a World Cup. Obviously, you've got the Americans who we, who we, uh, we beat the other day. But it was a very hard game and could have gone either way. But, you know, we're getting nearer. We're getting nearer the world champions. And uh, I'll tell you what, people won't want England in the, the Women's World Cup. I'll tell you that now. They, they want to keep away from them. Mm. We're a very good side. And I think it's fantastic. I think they should be very proud of themselves. Very proud of themselves, what they've achieved. And all I want now is for, you know, our boys to go and win the World Cup. You know, that, that, that's what we've got to do. And we've had two fantastic chances of winning two major competitions and what we've done we've been too conservative I think because we haven't been there for such a long time and we get a little bit we go 1-0 up we're nearly there all we've got to do is hold on and we've won the World Cup or we're in the World Cup final oh we're winning 1-0 against Italy we just hold on now we hold on not go and get the second I think we're a little bit conservative a little bit you know go and get that second goal because that second goal changes everything and we didn't do that in the semi-final of the World Cup, and we didn't do that in the uh, the Euro final. And I think we paid for it in both times. And I think that um, you know our manager, <coughs> who I've got a lot of time for and respect for, has got to be a little bit more gung ho. And if we do go one up, come on, boys, it's important we go for that second one. You know, let's get this game won because then they they have one thing. You know, Italy have been used to getting beaten one nil. And they always get back. They know. But I tell you what, when they're 2-0 down, they've got to really push players forward. And that's when you can get your third and your fourth goal if need be. Um, and I think we missed out on two fantastic opportunities because we never get an easy, easier World Cup run to a semi-final of the World Cup or even to the final of the World Cup than we had. You know, the last World Cup, it was... Um, we had a really easy route um, and we blew it. We blew it. And uh, the one, please, is a lot of the England players now are coming back into form because I was quite worried a couple of cool weeks ago because, <coughs> you know, nearly every English player that was playing was out of form. Um, and obviously, we've got a problem at centre back. Um, and I'm pleased that Reese James's injury isn't hopefully as seriously as what they first thought because that boy's vital to England and Chelsea yeah well we're, what we're hoping to do as well on the show 
uh, during the World Cup is to review the England matches. And if there's anything in particular that sparks our surprise with a Chelsea player for another club, we will talk about it as well. But we will also delve into the England matches more when it comes to the World Cup. But one thing I did want to talk about, Steve, with you in detail was the fabulous win against Milan. And when I look back at great Milan sides in the past, when you compare what they were like back then to where Chelsea were, and you look at the two games that we played against them, the difference in quality was there to see. And people were talking about that Rafael Leal, the attacking player for Milan, Brazilian I believe he's still only 22, 23. He's, he's still a young guy. He had two games against us. The first game, I thought he was dross. I thought he was terrible. The other night, I thought there was he showed glimpses of his own play. But as a team player, I didn't see nothing in that. And I do actually want to bring this up possibly now or later on, Steve, the two players that we actually talked about that we would like to bring in to Chelsea. But for me, he's just going to be another Pulisic or Ziyech for me. Well, I, you know, I think, you know, we we, um, we paid a lot of money for Pulisic and uh, a lot of money to Zelic and they have been Zelic, for me, he needs um, an attitude lesson to actually go out there and show players that he's fighting for his place. To me, he's easy-ozy, dibby-dabby. He doesn't show any passion or any fight to, to keep his Chelsea shirt. And I find that just... If you talk about the word dross, I find that dross. Pulisic, to me, he's a nearly man. He's almost like Werner, where he gets through and he misses chance. And, but to be fair to him, he keeps going. But what do we pay for him, Keith? Pulisic. Yeah, was it? It was, it was between 50 to, it was about 50 to 60 million. You know, dearie me, you expect more for your buck than that, don't you? The way he's playing. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he, he's written an autobiography about himself at 24. I bet that's interesting. <laughs> we did discuss that on a on a previous show, but oh, dearie me, twenty four years of age, you write an autobiography. Well, you know what you're going to say. You know you've hardly lived, but um, no, disappointing, very disappointing. Both of those players. In fact, I'm very surprised they're still at Chelsea Football Club. Those are the type of players I'd have. You know, it's not going to work. They aren't going to add anything to our team. Let them go. Let them go. You know, because to me, it clouds that do you gamble on Zelic? Do, do you gamble on Pulisic? Pulisic more than Zelic. You know, at least he has a go. Zelic is a one pace. He's got no pace. Can't beat players. Half the time he plays sideways or backwards. Um, no, not good enough. So we've made a, a, a wrong decision to sign him. Get him out of the club. Mm. Because people like that sulk and they, you know, if they're not good in the dressing room, they can cause problems. Get them out. Honestly. January, I would like to see both of those, you know, 
for different reasons. With Pulisic, as I said, he has a go and he works hard, but he's not by any means the 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 finish article. Zelic to me just one pace doesn't offer anything, and with his attitude and mind at the moment, he's a liability. You know, and um, yeah, I think we need a few players out and a few new players in January in to spice it all up uh, and have competition for places. Well, we're going to talk perhaps later on to maybe end it about two players that we both actually agreed on we would like to bring into Chelsea as replacements for Ziyech and Pulisic. But one player who did leave Chelsea, the past is new, and a lot of people were shocked when we sold him. They wanted to know why. They wanted to know the you know, the, the detailed reasons for it. Moved to Milan. He's won a Scudetto. He's the heart of Milan's defence, and that's Fikayo Tomore. Last week's performance wasn't great from him. Then he's returned to Stamford Bridge. The other night, he got sent off. A lot of people have their views on it, whether it was a penalty, whether it was a red card, the fact that it was double jeopardy is what they call it. He was he was brought off. That can change the complete complexion of the game. Chelsea were allowed to play possession football. Jorginho probably had the best game he, he had. Why? Because there was 10 men and Milan were playing on the counter. We have different views on this though, Steve. I thought it was definitely a penalty, but I also did think it was a red card offence. You're a little bit different on that though. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty, but I don't think it was a sending off offence. I think, you know, I think a penalty is enough, you know, yellow card, yeah. But um, he's given away a penalty. I think he's... Um, and let's be fair about it. You, you know, if you're a centre-back and you're playing in a team that has got that isn't the best team and you're under pressure from a team that's much better, you know, like the, the game at Stamford Bridge, and you're coming back to Stamford Bridge and all you want to do is prove that you're a player and you go there and the team was absolutely ordinary beyond belief. Um, it's hard as a centre-back to make an impression. It really is. Um, I, you know, some players, you know, managers say, right, not good enough, make a decision, bonk, out the door. And he was gone. Um, but I think he's a very good player. I think he will come good. Um, I think he's achieved an awful lot in Italy. But unfortunately, the standards are a lot lower than the Premier League, a lot lower. And Italian football at the moment, you've got a struggling. Juventus yeah. is struggling. Inter yeah. Milan is struggling. But by the same token, Barcelona are struggling. If Barcelona lose tonight, they're out of the Champions League. They're in the Europa League. You know, football changing. And l- lucky, you know, luckily, we're hanging on in there as a, as a country. You know, we should qualify now. Three weeks ago, we had the conversation that it was a must-win game against Milan. Otherwise, we were struggling. It's amazing what three weeks or two weeks in football does. You can change so much. But we've responded and we've turned it around. But other clubs, they are, they're out. 
they're out. Yeah. You know, or on the way yeah. out, on the verge of going out. And we've turned it around. And a lot of that has got to be given to Graham Potter. And I always said, and I said in, the, in one of our podcasts, that I was a little bit concerned about his European experience. But my God, he's done... He's done bloody well. With well, he's beat Milan back to back. I mean, yeah. you, you can't. I've got four none again. Yeah, you I know, mean, he's done, he's done well. And yeah, that just shows that um, you know, it's it's. But the test is still to come because let's be fair about it. That AC Milan team would struggle to finish halfway up in the Premiership. Truth be told, I think they would. Mm. I don't think they'd be anywhere near the top four. Well, uh, I don't think any, with all due respect to Serie A, and I'm a huge fan of Serie A, I don't think any side in Serie A will get into the top four at, at this point in time. But there is a couple of players that I do want to touch up on, and some of them, I'm actually surprised I'm going to say it. I do want to start with the one player who I wish did leave the club, I'm partly glad he's not now, is Kepa Ariza Balaga. He's come in. He's probably one of the the few that is absolutely delighted that Potter's in. Bearing in mind, Mendy at the time was injured and weren't playing brilliantly. Kepa's come in and has done absolutely outstanding Oh, you're going to say he sorry was, to... he was he was he's still he was still a little bit me. iffy for Palace's goal. I'll, I'll give him that because I had a perfect view of that cross and the goal. But overall, if I have to be that picky, but overall, he's done superb. He's kept two clean sheets against Milan. He didn't have much to do against Wolves, albeit it was against a struggling Wolves side. He's actually steadied the ship defensively. And I think for the first time in his Chelsea career, the Chelsea defenders have actually got confidence in him, knowing that if a shot is going to come to Kepa, he's at least going to save it. And the defenders are not going to be, oh, crap, another goal's gone in. And I, you know, you've been a defender, Steve. That must be huge. For a goalkeeper's confidence and for a defender's confidence. Yeah, when you play in front of a good goalkeeper, there's nothing better. Do you know, one of the most incredible goalkeepers I ever played in front of was John Burridge. Do you remember John Burridge? Name rings a bell, yes. Yes. Yeah, and the guy never stopped talking. He was like, he was ordering you about, telling you what was happening. And my God, it, he was one of the best goalkeepers I ever played in front of. Because I'll tell you what, he never stopped talking and helping. And man on, man behind you. Dude, he was incredible. And I think when you've got a goalkeeper that you have faith in and trust, it's a fantastic feeling as a centre-back. Um, and you and I had a fallout about him. <laughs> and I'd like to go back to the podcast where you said I don't want to ever see that guy play for Chelsea again <laughs> and I said you know what we've paid a lot of money for him there must have been something about him if we sold him now it'd be 10 million quid and we paid I don't know the goalkeeping record 70 million 
You're right. And I said to you, what we've got to do is we've got to rebuild him. We've got to get his confidence back. We've got to get someone's got to take him down, rebuild him, and start again. And you said to me, I wouldn't even bother. I'd let him go. <laughs> and I can't believe Keith Lawrence what you just said because I have to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, because I'll tell you something. He's not a bad keeper. And I'll tell you what, Mendy was a fault of quite a few goals lately. No, he has. He has, yeah. And I think that, you know, it's so good to have two good goalkeepers. Uh, And I think that I like him. And I think he's shown a lot of balls. Starting again, working hard and getting back to be Chelsea's number one. Every Give him every credit that man deserves. He's been brilliant. But the one main factor behind this is Graham Potter. Because if this was under Thomas Tuchel, Kepa, I think, would not have the confidence that he is is showing. Mm. I think that... I mean, Christ, he still looks like a baby, but Mm. his... one, One thing I did notice against Palace, against Wolves on the highlights, and then both games against Milan that I saw um, fully, was he seems like he's standing 10 feet tall. The level of confidence he is showing and the belief in himself that I think under Sarri and under Lampard to an extent was just ripped out from him. Yeah, Listen, he, he, he had his, you know, he came the world's biggest goalkeeper. So imagine that, Keith. You come as the world's biggest podcast introducer. Oh, well, well. Of course, people start knocking you and saying you're not as good, you're crap, you're this, you're that. What a load of rubbish you're. Jesus, that mentally affects you. And as a goalkeeper, as a goalkeeper, which is sometimes I say, and I've always said, you've got to be not the, the full deal to be a goalkeeper because the responsibility of a goalkeeper is unbelievable. And, you know, his confidence was absolutely shot to pieces. And as I said, what he's done, he's gone away. He's had a fresh start with Potter. Potter has probably called him in his office and said, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you. And you show me what you can do. That is all that boy wanted, is someone to say that and back him. Yeah. And so yeah. much of football, mate, is confidence. Just briefly move on to another player um, who, again, I'm going to have to eat a lot of words tonight. He's growing on me a slight, not massively, but a slight, in terms of I thought that this guy... Why was we signing him now? I thought it was five years too late. But he's partly growing on me a little bit at the moment with the way he's played as a centre forward. And he's actually, I think he's probably drinking the same water as Thiago Silva because he's not playing like a 33-year-old. And I'm talking about Pierre-Eric Aubameyang. Last night, he took his goal fabulously well. It was brilliant. And in fact, all the three goals that he has scored have been superb. The one against Palace, his first goal was superb. 
the tap-in against Milan, other players would have blazed it over or scuffed it or whatever, but he had the sense to do what he did. But last night against Milan, he was outstanding. And albeit, I know he's only joined the club, but he's slightly growing on me, and I hope his form continues. And again, I think, Again, under Tuchel, I think there would have been too much pressure on the guy because they would be like, well, he did this at Dortmund. Why is he not doing it at Chelsea? Oh, Tuchel knows him. Why is he not doing this? Why is he not doing that? A lot of crap like that would have materialised. However, with Potter and Potter Ball, he's become basically a new striker. This isn't the guy at the moment this isn't the guy that had a paddy at Mikel Arteta and complained a lot of the times in his later in his later stages of his Arsenal career. This isn't the guy that, from what I've heard, when while he was at Barca, wasn't a team player. That's that's all I'll say on the matter. But so far, he looks reborn. Uh, well. I think that's because we've been watching Chelsea for so long without a centre forward, um, and I think that that is it uh, as simple. Is it as simple as that, though? Yeah, I think so, mate. I, 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 we've not, you know, Lukaku worked for I don't know two months, and then he went. He just became just uh, well, just dreadful. Um, and let's be fair about it. How long have we watched Timo Werner miss? How many chances? It's unbelievable. It's quite nice to see someone score with chances. He's got, he's got a very good goal the other night against Celtic. Yeah, well, listen. Yeah, I said it all. That <laughs> unbelievable um, quality football that Scottish football is. You know, I think um, <laughs> I think it, the, I think this myth about Scotland has totally been hung out to dry, isn't it? I listened to Jason Cundy last night, he was like, absolutely. If he gets shot from a Scotsman, I can fully understand it. But, but what I'm saying is, it's Celtic, um, and we've had Werner, we've had um, all types of players trying to take that. And he come in, and I watched the Arsenal documentary. And if there's one person I wouldn't have signed, it would have been him. The way he um, he behaved at Arsenal and the way. He, he portrayed himself at Arsenal. It was an absolute. But he's come in, and it seems to me he realises that this will probably be his last move, and he wants it to work. Um, and he's been he's been brilliant. Um, but he's always had it. If you speak to anyone that's ever worked with him, he's always had the ability. It's just the way he he projects himself, and the way he believes in his own. Um, you know, sort of image. If you like, he wants to be, you know, in the Arsenal thing, you know, documentary, he turned up in one of his gold cars, got out of the car in a gold suit with gold boots. I'm looking at him thinking, oh God, we just signed him. And it was it was an experience, but he's come to Chelsea. I think he realises this is his last hurrah. Um, and he's done very well. But do me a favour. Hold your breath a little bit with him. Because he's got a bit of a self-destruct button in him. You know, he never... He was late at Arsenal for meetings over 12 times, I think it was. 
because yeah, Arsenal they... weren't winning anything. Arsenal were playing crap. They had a terrible manager. They had shocking players that are still at the club. But well, again, they, they seem to be uh, reborn. They were not competing for the big honours. Chelsea are completely what, different. They, hold it a minute. They're not saying that about him now, are they? They think he's a good manager. And also, Arsenal don't look too bad, do they? So, do you know what? They haven't played us yet. Yeah, I know. But I'll tell you what. Give credit where it's due. Arteta has turned that club around. And now, would you bet against them getting in the top four? Oh, no. I said this at the start of the season. I think they'll get top four. I said this before the league season begun that I thought they would get top four. let's give the manager, who was under tremendous pressure last year, credit. Because he was brave. He threw out Arsenal's leading goal scorer because his example that he gave to young younger players and, and the liberties he took with his club. And he was big enough to get rid of his leading goal scorer and say, do you know what? No. I give every respect to Mikel Arteta for what he did and the way he behaved and the way he stood his ground. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And you know what? That club became better because he wasn't in it. And that's a brave, brave thing as a manager. And he's done brilliant. He's done absolutely brilliant at Arsenal. Um, and I, 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 I think we missed a trick with Jesus. I think maybe looking back, <coughs> we were desperate for a centre forward. He was the player that we missed. And you and I missed him as well because we never said it. But I tell you what, we never said it. No, we never no. said it. No, I think he's the player that that, that we missed. You know, because he's still a young man, and he's the one thing about that lad is he works his socks off, works his socks off, and he's not a superstar. He, as a Bamian, was a bit of a superstar. He believes in his own publicity, and he, he and but hopefully, hopefully. He's learned his lesson and he won't be like that because he's a talented boy. I thought the goal at Crystal Palace was absolutely superb. It was. First touch, bang, goal. Great goal. And that's quality. But let's see how long it'll last. Well, as you've touched on that, you've touched on players and a certain player that we did miss. I want to sort of talk about Partly end the show a little bit. We're going to, we are we are going to end the show in a high as well. But there was two players that we actually discussed here, Steve, on the show. I think you actually might have discussed them on the show in the summer. But we actually discussed it on the phone last night. Two players that you would bring in to Chelsea in the in, in January. And one of them wasn't Kylian Mbappe, so don't get excited, folks. But there was two players that you that you mentioned, and I agreed with you because I thought that these two would be superb with how we are playing at the moment, and I think they are better players than Pulisic and Ziyech. Yeah. And they were Harvey Barnes and James yeah. Madison. Yeah, I'll bring them in straight away. Hmm. I'll get rid of those two and bring them in. Because what we lack a little bit at Chelsea is that create creativity and, and, and pace. 
And I think Madison brings an awful lot of creativity and also he's going to score you between 10 and 15 goals a season. And we haven't got anyone in midfield that gets anywhere near that. And I think he's a quality player. I think, you know, there's a very fine line between being a genius and a madman. And at times, he walks that line. But so did George Best. He wasn't a bad player, was he? Um, you know, and I just think, God, he's made for us. We've got to get mid- midfield players that help and score goals. You know, when I've said to you this a hundred times, and it's the most, I can't forget the stat that we won the Champions League with our leading goal scorer with nine goals. And about four of those were penalties. You know, and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, what Chelsea needs is goals all around the pitch. And this boy will give you 10 to 15 goals a season. And Harvey Barnes, you know what he do? he go past players. He, he will get a ball and he'll run at players. Zelic doesn't know how to do that. And our centre forward and will love that. And also, he gets in the box and he scores goals himself. He scores goals himself. And I think that that is, you're adding so much. But I think Madison, I think he's where he's been a naughty boy, has got this stigma where I don't think see, um, South Hall, Southgate will um, pick him. But I'd have him in my team. Even if it's like we're getting beaten, 1 0, 25 minutes to go, what a player to bring on. Mm. And I think the boy is just, I can't believe he's not gone anywhere. I really, and those two players to me will be out, and those two players will be in. And I'll tell you what, Chelsea will be a better squad and a better team for that. Boys, if you're listening, Steve Wicks has approved you guys coming in. A couple of things before we finish, Steve. Just to touch base and close the chapter on uh, our two games against Milan. We're top now. We've got two games left against Salzburg and Zagreb. Are you expecting now Chelsea to progress to the latter stages? Well, the sad thing is, Keith, two years ago, or a year ago, two years ago, if someone had said, we, you think, well, that's, that's it. <laughs> We're through. But you know something? We're not quite there yet where we can take things for granted. We've got to go there and we've got, I think probably winning one of them will see us through. But now we, we want to go through as, as top, uh, as, you know, the number one team in this group. And uh, But I'll tell you what, if someone said to you before the start of a European campaign, You've got to win those two games. You take yourself, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yes, of course. You know, if you're playing Napoli away, or, or who actually, at the moment, is a form team, Napoli, you know, you, you, you say, right, all right, ooh, that's going to be a game. But you know, I look at those two, and there's nothing that, that puts the fear of God up. And I think Chelsea, now in their present vein of form, are a lot better than when we played them before. So I think that they're being for a bit of a surprise and I fancy us. Well, yeah. we can only hope. Yeah. 
We can only hope. One last thing, Steve, as well. We will sort of briefly touch on this. Obviously, Chelsea did very well against Wolves. Brozier got his first goal for Chelsea as well. It was oh, a lovely moment you, for him. Oh, good goal as well. What a great goal. Fantastic goal for him. Brilliant moment for him. And I hope it's yeah. a first of many because we need... I think he's... I think the boy's going to be special. I really do. I think the boy's yeah. going to be very, very special. I think we said that, Keith, didn't we? We said that when he yeah. was at South Africa. You know, the boy looks, you know, he's leading the line as a, a very young man. Mm. And I think that, that experience at Southampton has given him, you know, I think he looks a player. But, you but know, just, no, go on, Steve, go on. He's probably the best manager that you could have to nurture him through. Too cool. All the big boys, all the great superstar managers, look at one thing, how to enhance their CV. Make no mistake about it. Marino did that perfection. I think Graham Potter has come in under the belief that he's got five years and he's going to nurture these players through and he's going to bring those players through and he's going to give them opportunities. And I don't think Graham Potter is the sort of manager where his number one concern is his CV. His number one concern is about improving players and using players and showing everyone what, you know, part of being a coach, which you've got to ask yourself about the certain big superstars when they buy ready-made superstars, is to be a coach of any football club your main job is to improve those players, to improve them, to help them with your coaching to become better players. I think for the first time in a long time, we've got a manager that will look at that and say, right, I'm going to do that. That's my job. And I think we'll see over the next few months, you know, if it's going to work. But I'll tell you what, I think the young players at Chelsea now can look up have a manager that they can have faith in that's going to give them an opportunity. And I think that's really important. And that's all based on potable. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, folks, and because obviously me and Steve enjoy chatting, ranting, reviewing Chelsea matches, and we will continue to do that throughout the season. We're also looking to do it over the World Cup as well. As we said before, we will talk about the England games. Why is Maguire still bloody playing and why is Luke Shaw still playing? Stuff like that we're going to talk about, but we're also going to talk about certain other Chelsea players that are playing for their countries. We'll also touch on them as well. So be sure to catch us throughout the World Cup. But we've also got something very special to announce later at the end of the year for something very special that's going to come out in January of 2023 in terms of the podcast. We've got two very interesting interviews that will be released in January of 2023. So watch out for that. If you like what you hear and you want to be involved more, email us at the blue day podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blue day podcast. Find us on Twitter at the blue day pod, where we will upload previous interviews we'll upload some videos and fresh content as well and find us on youtube blue day podcast and find us on instagram so we're on all the platforms folks where we are not hard to find 
Be sure to find us at the Blue Day podcast, where every day is a blue day. He has been Steve Wicks. I have been Keith Lawrence. Stay safe, folks, and carefree. Podcast Network. Let me give you a big Labor Day surprise. Most people think if we all exercise the same and eat the same, we'd all look the same. And let me tell you why that's wrong. Your body is unique and your metabolism is unique. I'm Lacey Green and I'm a super trainer at Body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And you can't see me, but I don't look like your average personal trainer. I'm curvy and I'm proud of it. So I created a program for beginners only on the Body app to show people like us how to get incredible results and be our version of happy and healthy. This isn't just workout videos. It's people like you and me. It's community. It's incredible trainers. It's easy to follow nutrition and mindset experts to help you reduce stress and just feel better. And you can get started with my new program called For Beginners Only. Now, here's the big surprise. If you go to body.com right now, that's B-O-D-I.com, not only can you get everything Body has to offer at 50% off with an annual membership, you'll also get an additional 20% off, but only during Labor Day weekend. Let's do this together. Go to body.com. That's body with an I.com.